Shade. This is part two of Why We Love America. And the last episode, we really only got into about two points. Um, We took kind of an unexpected deep deep dive, and um, we'll, of course, be doing other episodes on those. But we kind of wanted to do some rapid fire up front here to cover some more of the things that we love about America. And then I think you have some things to say at the end, babe. But um, Let's do it. Yeah, so I think one of the first things, and this is kind of lighthearted, but it's something I appreciate, is that we in America, we love dreams, and we love people dreaming big. We love the underdog. We love the little guy. Um, So many movies have been made about that. So many articles and books have been written taking someone's story where they came from seemingly nothing and overcame the odds to, you know, to do something pretty incredible. And so... That's something I just really love because we cheer people on. We rally behind that. Um, we tell our kids that, right, anything is possible and and you can shoot for the stars type, type things. And I think that not every nation is that way. <laughs> I mean, so many nations, they're either third world countries where true, they are truly limited by resources and um, they, they can't really leave their, their town or even you know, certain perimeters because they don't have the ability to do so. And so here we can roam about freely. We can move from place to place. We can rise above a situation. And so for me, that is one of the things that just puts, I don't know, it just make puts so much pride in my heart that we live in a place where someone can go from nothing to something. Absolutely. It, it's, it is remarkable. And I love how you opened up with, uh, with dreams because in his first inaugural address, President Reagan proclaimed, uh, this is such great. I mean, Reagan was a great communicator. He says, we have every right to dream heroic dreams. And then later on in his first inaugural address, he said, those who say that we are in a time when there are no heroes just don't know where to look. You can see heroes every day going in and out of factory gates. Others, a handful in number, produce enough food to feed all of us and then the world beyond. There are entrepreneurs with faith in themselves and faith in an idea who create new jobs, new wealth and opportunity. Their patriotism is quiet, but deep. Their values sustain our national life. Now, I have used the words they and their in speaking of these heroes. I could say you and your, because I'm addressing the heroes of whom I speak. You, the citizens of this blessed land. I love that. (laughs) So awesome. And what the listeners can't see is that he just like randomly pulled this up on his laptop. You guys, he didn't even know what I was going to say. And he's like, here, hold on. Let me pull up this Reagan quote. I'm like, this is what I live with. I don't even understand. But that was awesome. Thank you for that. Thanks, love. So I want to kick it back to you. But to sum up what Reagan said, there's three points. And I think this is important for our listeners, especially after the last podcast where I, I did do a deep dive right away and uh, didn't didn't run that by you first. So that was kind of intense. So for those, maybe there's like nine listeners remaining. <laughs> <laughs> we, I offended the rest. Um, you know, hopefully you're listening to this one. Uh, the, what Reagan just said is... Three things. Heroes still exist today. Number one. Number two, you are one of those heroes, you, the listener. And number three, heroes must continue to dream heroic dreams. And that's part of the reason why we're doing why we love America, because there's so much negativity in the zeitgeist. But we refuse. I just refuse. It's not that I'm Pollyannish and it's not that I don't see the problems. I see them clearly. But we will adapt and overcome because we have the greatest country in the history of the world that has a redemptive arc in its storyline. And we are continuing to progress towards um, 
the, the, the greatest thing that can be in a world where men and women are fallen. This is the best thing going. This is, oh man, I can't remember who said it. I think it was Lincoln who said, America is the world's last best hope. Yeah, he did. Go ahead, babe. Yeah, and so another thing that I love, like I said, we're doing rapid fire, and um, when I'm asked this question, what do I love about America, I immediately actually think of my travels overseas and then sort of contrast those with mm -hmm. my experience at home. And so one thing that I love is actually that America, for the most part, is a, a society that values order and respect mm -hmm. and just sort of sort of a civil code. And not because we have like a dictatorship that's instilling fear into us, but because we we think that's important and we've woven that into the fabric of our society. And so just a small example of this is, you know, I studied abroad over in the Middle East and then we traveled into um, to Egypt. And I remember when I was there spending several weeks in Egypt, one of the things that was really frustrating was that they had stoplights and they had sort of rules of the road, quote unquote, but nobody actually followed them. And so you couldn't, um, you couldn't put any confidence in a red light or a green light. You constantly had to be watching out, making sure you weren't going to get hit by a car. And I'm thinking, I don't even know how I would do this if I was a mom here with kids or, you know, learning to drive for the first time. And so that's, it's something so simple, but when you come back to America and you realize, no, red means red and green means green. Mm -hmm. And you can bank on the fact that if it's, you know, a, a walk symbol that you can walk across the street. Now, are there accidents? Of course. Are there things that happen? Of course. But for the most part, we can sort of rely on the fact that we live in a nation that values order. And so that's something small, but it's, I think it's actually something that we take for granted. Well, I, I th the founders would agree with you, babe, um, because that was actually uh, what they were all about. So they, they called and all of the founders they said that America is an experiment in ordered liberty. Okay, so what does that mean? So up until then, up until the founding of America, um, if you wanted order, you, you got it in a couple different ways. Uh, you got it through a totalitarian regime, um, so like a dictator, uh, like a Hitler. Obviously, Hitler came after America, but there, there, there were you know, dictatorial uh, rulers before them. You got it through like a monarchy, like a king. So you could have a good king or a bad king, um, you know, some kind of like oligarchy, you know, ruler, rulers of the few, maybe like lordship, you know, lords and serfs. Um, or you, you, they had democracy, but most democracies flamed out pretty quickly. Um, in fact, like, you, you know, I don't, I forget where the quote's from. You kind of looked it up, but was it most written constitutions or demo for democracies lasted on average only 17 years? Is that the thing? Right, right. The University of Chicago Law School did a study and it says that most other countries' founding documents, you know, they're not all called constitutions, but just their founding documents usually only last that long. And that to me is crazy. Yeah. And so the founders knew all this because I, I mean, I can't even, um, state with enough, uh, it's going to sound like exaggeration, but they, these were just brilliant men and women and, and women. You know, I think of like Abigail Adams. So, you know, they, they would just read literally thousands of books and, and they knew multiple languages. Um, you know, there was no obviously social media back then. I mean, these guys were like reading like day in and day out by candlelight. They're writing each other letters. They were very thoughtful and they knew, okay, if we are going to break away, from Britain, which they didn't want to do. Um, but if we're going to do this, 
then we are going to establish what they called, and this is the Latin phrase, novus ordo seclorum, which means new order of the ages. And they said, okay, this is an experiment in order of liberty because we know that democracies, typically they flame out because of factions, because, you know, as they said in the Federalist Papers, men are not angels. And so that's why typically at that time, uh, you know, the divine right of kings uh, was a big um, ideology and, and people just thought it is better under God to live under a benevolent king. That's the best thing we have going. Um, but they said, no, we liberty lies in the hearts of man and we are going to uh, proclaim to the world through the Declaration of Independence the reasons for our separation from England. It was a serious, serious thing. You know, people people say today, like, oh, you know, like, they'll, like, misquote, or they'll not misquote, but they'll misuse Thomas Jefferson's quote, where I think he said something like, you know, the, the tree of liberty needs to be refreshed from time to time with, you know, the blood of tyrants or something along that. Yeah. And so they'll, they'll be like, yeah, revolution, every generation. Well, no, that's not what the founders said. Like, you have to... You have to look at it. Uh, it's kind of like interpreting the Bible. You can't take one verse out of context to make it sound like whatever you want. You have to look at the the whole canon of the founders' writings um, to to understand. And and they knew they knew that what they were trying to do had never been done in the history of mankind, and they weren't even sure if it was going to last. You know, and I'll, I'll I'll close you know this and kick it back to you with this quote. But um, this is just so so amazing. Is uh, John Adams said, posterity, well, actually, it's it's with an exclamation point. So let's let's put the proper emphasis on it. Posterity, you will never know how much it costs the present generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you will make good use of it. They paid a huge price for us to, to give us ordered liberty. Absolutely. And it it's crazy because, again, none of this is talked about beforehand. We didn't rehearse any of this. And so... It's perfect because my next point was that we preserve, we honor, and we learn from history. And so you're literally talking about preservation of freedom and the way that we're going to carry it forward. And, um, you know, I just think it's, it's okay, so going back to Egypt, it sounds so so random, but this thought just came to mind. You know, yeah. a lot of times you'd go through these, these ruins of these old, um, you know, cities, and they would have different rulers' names carved into or depicted into the walls of these places. And then other people would come along and like blot them out and, and scratch them out so that like basically future people couldn't look back and realize that that person was in power. And so I'm thinking like, wow, okay, how do we even know if that person was in power or not, if, if they're just erasing everything? And it's something I, I highly value in our nation is that we, we – we have scribes of our own, so to speak. We have archives of history, good and bad, and we preserve it, we honor it, we learn from it. And I know now there's, you know, a lot of canceling happening, a lot of things that people are, are revising and things like that. And that could probably be a whole nother episode. But sure. but for the most part, this is what we value as a society is making sure that we know our history and that we learn from it and that we build on it. Yeah, and to your point, you know, with Egypt, and I, I don't want to go long on this and belabor this point, but I, I you know, and we we have um, young daughters, twin daughters who are in seventh grade, and we haven't taken them outside the nation, right? Mm -mm. So, you know, I think for for me, the first time where 
I realized uh, how exceptional and, and, and blessed and fortunate we are to live in America is when I went on a missions trip down to uh, Ensenada, Mexico. And, and, you know, the people down there were amazing. Um, you know, we went down there, I think we built them a house and, you know, we brought my guitar and led worship music. Actually, it, like, had really long hair then, and it was, like, amazing. Um, <laughs> I can just see it blowing in the wind. <laughs> it was blowing in the wind. <laughs> hey, when you fell in love with me, I had long hair, so Ish. don't don't knock it. Uh, all right. So we can't get off sidetrack there, but that I, I just saw the extreme poverty. I'd never seen extreme poverty like that. And now, uh, you know, both you and I have traveled, we both you and I have traveled the world. And, and for me, you know, I always go back to like Iraq and Afghanistan. And, um, you know, I think Afghanistan is the most uh, brutally, just brutal conditions overall. And just really, there d is not a lot of, of hope there. There's like no hope. I mean, literally, uh, and I'll, and I'll close with this. I could talk about this for a whole podcast, but you know, I would, um, get off a helicopter in the middle of nowhere. Uh, cause we had these things called village stability platforms all, all through Southern Afghanistan. So we were based out of Kandahar, uh, home, home of the Taliban. But then we would like, we, we wanted to take the fight to the enemy. So we would establish these VSPs in the middle of nowhere, which is basically like an A team of 12 green berets with maybe like 20 to 30 infantry uplift. And I mean, literally, Jen, I remember getting off the helicopter and I would be like, there's no trash. Like that was my first thought. I was mm -hmm. like, there's no trash. And so I, I asked like the um, some of the Green Brazier, I'm like, how come there's no trash blowing around here? Like I thought, you know, I just thought it'd kind of be dirtier. And he's like, sir, they have nothing to make trash with. Wow. So basically it was like wow. mud huts, like goats, like farming. They didn't have like paper products. They had no trash. It was like. It was literally like a biblical times. Wow. And I'm just like, man, these people, like, they are born here, they grow up there, and they die there in that little valley. They don't have, the, they don't have any of the advances of, like, modern society. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if people are hating on America, they should, take a trip, they should take a trip somewhere to, like, a third world country and then come back. I bet you they'd be more grateful for what we have here. So go ahead. Yeah, that one, that one's sinking in here a minute because I think of how often we take out the trash, and that's just like crazy to me that they don't have trash. But like you said, that's a I've never, for I've never day. forgotten it. it. It blew me away. Um. Okay. So I've hit most of mine. I have a couple others that I wanted to hit. I mean, we talked about entrepreneurial things. We've talked about dreams. We've talked about honoring history. No, actually, let's let's do it. Do your other points because I'll do my thing, and we'll just have a third episode of this. I think that's perfect. Well, okay. I think the next thing is just that we, in America, we value differences. And, uh, you know, we've heard it called a melting pot. We, this we, is great. I want to like talk about so this. So many people have ideas that they just pursue and put out there. And it's okay if it's opposite of somebody else's. And they can establish a whole organization around it. And that's all right. And we have a million podcasts where people, express you know their different ideas and different people listen and and it's not cracked down on and it's not forbidden and i mean i hope that's the way it continues obviously things are getting a little crazy with censoring and stuff but but again this is how we differ from other nations is we can express ourselves freely and um we value differences and so even even as a military family moving from state to state every two to three years, we saw so many different types of communities and landscape and ideas and ideologies. And 
you know, how people exercise their religions, just all sorts of things. And so I don't know, to me that that's pretty special. Yeah, and and I so so what I'm gonna do, babe? I'm gonna do the the fragile flame of liberty. Maybe I'll just do that by myself while you're traveling next week. You okay. know, it's kind of episode three because I, I want to talk about this um, because it is so integral, even to the heart behind our podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I think in our introductory episode we talked about you know having love towards ideological enemies, and we got into a great you know back and forth about that, and. I was just talking today, and I won't go into details because um, he didn't give me permission, but I was just talking today with one of my good friends who's a pastor in Northern California, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm writing um, a book that is probably, this, and this is what I do, like, I kind of, I kind of, um, I kind of say what other people are thinking, and then kind of, like, poke people in the eye, right, you know, for, for their good, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, just, just God bless Jen. One of, one of my mentors says that she's a saint because she's been married to me for so long because I do, it's not like I try to do it or want to do it, but I just, you have to, you can't help yourself. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of how I was created. I don't know what the deal is, but, um, so I agitate these people. So, uh, so if they're like, especially like tyrannical bureaucrats, like where other people are like, Oh, that's never going to happen. I'm like, no, that's wrong. Like, I don't care if it's, if they're a giant or if it's a dragon, like I can slay them with the help of God. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I, it just, it's gotten worse as as I've gotten older. Well, and I will say, I mean, on in personal relationships, (laughs) you can show so much grace and just love someone through something. It's not that it's more these corporate injustices. It's these like, Big people, big entities with too much power that are just walking all over people. That's when you're like, no, no, not on my watch. Yeah, that. Th- thanks, babe. And that that is what it is. And and one on one, actually, it goes to my point that I'm about to make here. I'm being long winded on this point, but I have a lot of friends of mine. I'm friends with a lot of people who are not Christians. They're not conservatives. They don't believe the same way that I do. Right. Like a lot of them. And I didn't always used to be like that. Like in my so I'm 44 in my 20s. Um, I would say like, I was very judgmental, you know, I'm kind of ashamed of what I was back then, but, uh, joining the military was one of the greatest things ever for me because the military is the most ideologically ethnic, you know, you name it, diverse institution in America. Uh, there's people of all different colors, all different beliefs. And then you have to come together as one team, one fight in order to complete the mission. So you don't care. You don't care. Like the person on your left and the right, what their, what color they are, what color of skin, what they believe, you know, you like learn from them and, and but you're not going to like isolate yourself from them. Right. And that's what has happened in America today. It's like all this social media garbage. And by the way, like, I'm not a hater of social media. Like, so, you know, I manage social media. Social media doesn't manage me. Okay. So I actually, um, you know, I have like a private account um, where like, I just have like my close friends and I basically just use that as like, kind of like a love letter to my daughters on there. And like, they, they can get to know me better. Um, so anyways, we should not demand ideological purity from our friends. Okay. Wait, pause. Yeah. What is, I I think you meant to say intellectual purity. No, ideological Ideological. purity. I've heard him say it both ways. What's that from? I've heard it both ways. (laughs) I don't know. It's I, from a show. One of you will know what it is. I've heard it both ways. Oh, it's psych. That's what it's from. It's psych. All you psych fans out there, that was for you. We need okay. more. We need more psych sayings on here. <laughs> that's one of our favorite TV shows. Okay, but hold on. So just define that for us. Okay, sure. So that's here, a phrase not so, so here, so here we go. So everybody, everybody's bifurcated. 
on social media now, right? Like left and right, they both do memes against each other. You know, they both make fun of each other because I follow both sides. So I'll follow like Democrats and Republicans. And they're they're both um, Jen mess with my levels there. So sound. Don't Sound. don't mess with my levels, babe. All right, so when I, when I'm in the midst of a uh, a little little diatribe was, here, you were getting excited. I had to turn it down on my end. Okay, but then I couldn't hear myself. <laughs> so, um, all right, so you can't have it both ways, or whatever that is. So, <laughs> that's not it, but that's okay. <laughs> Six and a half, one dozen to the other. We always get that saying wrong too, or at least Jen does. Now I'm just confused by. It. I used to get it right before I married her, but she gets it wrong every time. Okay, so. Uh, both sides are like so entrenched and they're actually like not convincing anybody. They're just making themselves feel good. Okay. So ideological purity is when you demand that people think the same way that you do on everything. Okay. And, and, and that is absolutely ridiculous. So for, you know, the worst of this is I'm just going to go right to it. That's what Nazi Germany was, right? Like they go ahead. Oh, no, I was just agreeing with you. They de- they demanded that you agreed with them on everything, and they started burning books, right? And then it just led to the annihilation of, well, they tried to annihilate the Jewish race. They were unsuccessful, but they you know killed over 6 million people because they demanded that everyone in Germany and then in all the countries that they conquered around the world at that time believe the same way about the Jewish race. Okay, so... I get the big picture of it. Talk to a, talk to me about what that means sort of on like a relational level. So how do your how do you have relationships with people who maybe don't think the same way as you, especially politically? Because I feel like there are a lot of people who are, who just have determined in their hearts that they're not going to be friends with someone who disagrees with them when it comes to voting or politics or anything like that. Sure. So I, I think it comes down to like one, a posture of your heart. So, um, it, and also, are you really willing to listen or are you just like, cause you know how sometimes, and, and, and this can happen in marriage sometimes, you know, we have a fight and you're not really listening to the other person. You're like actually thinking about what you're going to say next to like mm-hmm. justify your side. Mm-hmm. And that, that's no good. That's no joy. So basically you have to, so I've developed friendships with a lot of people and like, uh, they're not based on what they believe. They're based on the fact that I they know I love them. They trust that I love them. And if they're willing to have a discussion on something where, you know, we're probably going to agree to disagree, we do it respectfully. And it's not that I'm trying to convince them of my side. I'm listening to their side. And then I will say, okay, have you thought about this? And it doesn't get ratcheted up with heated rhetoric. We're actually really trying to learn from each other because ultimately, and this goes back to, you know, what this podcast is all about. And I've, I've said this earlier, I think I said in the last podcast episode, everything, every, I wish I had this quote memorized, but again, it goes back to Imago Day that everyone is created in the image mm-hmm. of God. So C.S. Lewis, and I'm going to butcher this, but he basically said, you have never met a mere mortal. Right. And so what he means by that is like even the most um, even the person that like you hate the most that you think is the most evil person in the world, that person is still created in the image of God. And we are all sinners Mm -hmm. in need of a savior. Okay, so um, I I just think, man, like my and I'll tell you, it just brings me like so much joy 
So I hope I, I don't know. I hope you don't get upset with me for this one, but I'm gonna bring <laughs> I'm gonna bring up the larks. Is it okay if I bring up the larks? No, it's not. Oh, dang Let's it. save that for another episode. Oh man. All right. Well, I'm glad I asked for permission. <laughs> I'm using my veto power on that one. All right. Fine. Man, it's so good. The, well, now the listener is gonna want to know about the larks. Okay. So <laughs> we'll just keep it a mystery for now. Keep them listening. Jen is like so concerned that our listenership is gonna go from nine to like five. All I right? actually don't really care about the numbers. It's mostly that. <laughs> I just know your heart, and I think sometimes you s- things can be said and misunderstood, and I don't know. I just want people to. All right. Well, I'm gonna honor. I'm gonna <laughs> honor your veto for now. All right. Especially since in the last episode, I like kind of did a deep dive and, and shock, shock and awe you. Yeah, yeah. So, but let me just say this then. Um, I just, uh, as we said in the intro, let me say it this way: as we said in the introductory episode. All right, we are followers and disciples of Jesus first, so we we base our truth off of what is revealed in God's Word in the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God, and uh, the standards therein, the truth therein, not truths. This is not my truth or your truth. There is the truth in the person of Jesus Christ as revealed in the Bible. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So we we are unapologetic about that and unbending on that. And with that, not but, and... I have many friends who do not ascribe to that. And I love to talk with them. First of all, because like a lot of them are just fun people. Mm-hmm. If we had more time, I would honestly do a podcast on like why I hate Christians. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so funny because I actually heard a message the other night and the person, I won't name the same, I don't want to embarrass him, but the person giving the message actually said, you know, he has a phrase that comes to mind a lot and he's like, Oh, Christians are the worst. Christians are the worst. And it is so true. We can be so hypocritical. So hypocritical. And all the things. But the point is, not only do you love your friends that think differently, but they feel safe with you too. And they feel like they can express their opinions and you're not going to demand that they think the same as you. You guys just kind of go back and forth and and sharpen each other. And I don't water down the gospel. Like I don't lower it to the lowest common denominator. Like they know where I stand. But listen, I'm super cheesy. I'm a fun guy to be around um, unless you are a bureaucratic tyrant that I need to like, you know, put you in your place or whatever, unless, unless we need to like slay Goliath. Like I'm a very fun guy to be around. Right, babe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my jokes, my jokes are hilarious to me. I'm a legend <laughs> in my own mind when it comes to my jokes, but um, I try to bring joy. I've been through a lot of suffering, especially in the last t- 10 years. So I just try and bring joy wherever I go. Cause a lot of time I'm in pain on a day to day, minute by minute basis. So I'm like, I'm going to bring joy to people. So let's bring it back full circle. Let's rein this in. So what our founders were new is they call it factions. So if you read the, by the way, if you, if you really want to know what our founders thought about the founding of the nation, there's a lot of different document that you should read. But I think the best thing to read is the Federalist Papers because uh, it was written mm-hmm. by three authors and it kind of gives um, a very philosophical and intellectual uh, defense of why they needed to have a, a strong central government and a U.S. Constitution and go beyond the Articles of Confederation. And there's a lot of things in there that reveals, um, okay, w- like we talked about earlier in this episode, uh, why we need why it is an experiment in ordered liberty and they called it factions. So they said that like people disagreeing one another, that would be factions in order to have like factions counteract factions in order to like protect um, the minority faction against the majority faction. That's how, why they set up this country. And right. here's what I, here's what I'm going to close with. And then I'm going to kick it back to you and you can close this podcast is it wasn't 
too long ago that politicians could fight like cats and dogs during the day and then um, go have a beer at night. And um, maybe I already said this in the podcast, uh, early podcast, but I was telling somebody, so forgive me if I had already said this in the podcast, but it's worth repeating. One of my heroes, of course, is Ronald Reagan. And so when he was president, Tip O'Neill was the Democratic Speaker of the House. So we're talking about this is the 1980s. All right. So it's not too long ago. And they would, man, they would really go at it. And then at the end of the day, they would go out and sh- at the end of the day at night, they would share, you know, a beer together. Or they would share a meal and they were really, really friends. And yeah. I also want to say very quickly that that does still exist today. Um, on a very minor level. So there's something called, and we'll get into this. Man, we are making a lot of promises for future episodes. I know. Holy well, cow. we're just getting started. Yeah. We have plenty of time. Yeah, we do. All right. So um, uh, the Wounded Warrior Bill of Rights that Arc of Justice is spearheading, House Resolution 8081, this is hot off the press. It just got the endorsement of something called the Four Country Caucus. So in the House of Representatives, there's 435 congressmen and women. And then they have caucuses, right? So they have like groups of people that come together in order to basically have more power behind what they what they want to do. And so the four country caucus is one of the only bipartisan caucuses mm. in the House because you have to have been a veteran who served. So it has Ooh, both Democrats that. and Republicans on there. And since we got the four country caucuses endorsement on HR 8081, we now have 13 bipartisan co-sponsors, seven Democrats and six Republicans. Booyah. So I really you like love that. that I really you? like that booyah. <laughs> that really like threw me off I just off had there. to. <laughs> Do that more often. Okay, so... So now, like, it does still exist today, even though, like, in the media, you don't really see it. But there is, there are people on issues that they agree with working together. And we just, we need more of that. And it doesn't need to meet, you need to water down your beliefs, but we just need to treat people with civility. And respect. And respect and dignity. You know, like, everybody's happier that way. I just don't, I don't, I do not understand the bifurcation in social media and the meme wars and where they're only preaching to their own choirs. And I do follow this stuff because I want to see how bad it's gotten, but it is so dumb. Both left and right, both sides are guilty of this. Yeah. And it's really stupid and you're not convincing anyone. Yeah. So just stop. I mean, if you want to do it to amuse yourselves and wear a t-shirt, fine. But otherwise it's dumb (laughs) and it's ineffective. Wait, what's the t-shirt part? Well, memes are funny. So, like, if you want to, if you, like, some of the memes are funny. So, I don't think, like... So do you mean people make t-shirts out yeah, of them? Yeah, people make t-shirts oh, out of them, for sure. I wasn't following that. I mean, okay. listen, they do all kinds of stuff. T-shirts, hats, they do all kinds of things. Gotcha. You know, like, Let's Go Brandon, it's like yeah. t-shirts. It's well, like t- yeah, yeah. It's everything. Okay. They so, make memes out of it. Okay, so then we're we're sidetracking, but we value our differences, which is what you just basically said, and beautifully, all of that. One of the things that came to mind that I wanted to share real quick because I know you said yeah, no, you, close. you you close it out. So. Okay. Um, I was studying for, for an author. I was doing research on American history. And so it was so cool. I got to go to DC and I spent so many hours in the National Archives building in the Library of Congress in these sort of back rooms where you have to have like a, an ID to get in and you're wearing gloves, literally wearing gloves to not compromise the integrity of like these old letters that we have and so as you were talking about you know not so long ago with with ronald reagan and tip o'neill my mind went back to adams and jefferson and Mm, the way that they would write letters to each other and they did not agree on everything yep 
In fact, their letters prove that. But at the end of the day, they treated each other like humans. I mean, they said, I respect you because you are a fellow brother. We are, we have the same goal, right? I mean, we want this country to be amazing and we want it to be successful. We want to set up a government that works. That was their goal, right? We want to preserve this liberty, okay? And so I got to hold these letters with these gloves on and read the words of Adams and Jefferson back and forth and back yeah. and forth. And to me, that is what we've lost. It's a great example. Is the way that they re- they treated each other with respect. They acknowledged their differences. They It, it really sharpened them when they would go it's, back and forth totally. on issues because they had to think critically about why they believed what they believed. And so I, I think we need more of that today and less of the, the hateful rhetoric happening. So I'm hoping we can model that. Um, but that's kind of the, the last thing that came to mind on why I love America is just the, these men and women that, that founded our nation had a vision and a way that they wanted our country to continue. And, and I think we can fight for that and preserve it. So I, I think it's a great, that's a great illustration. And, you know, for a while there, uh, you know, they had a falling out because, yep. you know, Adams was more, you know, quote unquote conservative and Jefferson was more uh, liberal, you know, he went over to France and, you know, so there was a revolution in France in 1789 with the Jacobins, which was, you know, got off track because it was, uh, without God, we can talk about that in a future episode. Uh, <laughs> and, and so they really, you know, Adams was like, Jefferson, you've gone crazy or, you know, whatever. And they had a falling out for years, but then they both passed away on the same day, right? Yep. July 4th. I think it was 50 years after 1776, Pretty if I'm amazing. not mistaken. And so obviously this is like the cool thing. We'll wrap it with this. So they, they didn't know, of course, cause there's no like internet back then they, you know, and, and, and they had to wait on letters to get news. And so both of them passed away in the, the same day. And both of them said like in their, in their final moments, well, at least, so Adam said, at least Jefferson still lives. Yep. And Jefferson said, at least Adams, Adams. is still alive. Yep. That's how much mm-hmm. love they had for each other 50 years after the founding with a lot of, you know, locking horns and going back and forth. And I just think that's a beautiful thing that, that could we on our deathbed, you know, say about like our ideological quote unquote enemy, man, at least that person's still alive because they love America. Yeah. Well, hopefully Amazing. we can get there. All right. I think that was good. Let's let's be let's leave it right there. And we'll come back with another episode soon. And for now, what do we say, babe? Fight in the shade. Bye y'all. <laughs>